Uh, so I'm watching Tunisia and France, I believe it is. And listen, I'm not one of those. I like soccer, right? It's I, I enjoy watching it. So when I say this, I want to make sure that soccer fan isn't getting mad at me or think I'm taking a cheap shot. But I feel like at least every other time I look up at the TV during the World Cup, there is a dude that I wonder if he's ever going to walk again based on the amount of pain that he appears to be in. Like, legit, I'm... I'm wondering is is this guy gonna make it? Right? Is this are they gonna have to get an ambulance out on the field for this dude? And literally like two minutes later, he's up and walking around and doesn't even leave the field. I mean, hey, uh Polistic Century, dude, I holy if there was ever an injury when you're watching a sport where everyone can feel it, that was one of the Oh, no, but did he ride around in pain? No, he got out pretty quick. It's because he's American. He's a real man. Welcome into the Plank Show. How are you on this? What is today? Wednesday. Wednesday morning, November the 29th. Good morning. November happy the 30th, excuse happy me. Happy Victory Wednesday to you. That was that was pretty fun. Pretty now, fun to watch yesterday. I enjoyed it. You were on a scale of about a six. During the show yesterday, did that change at all throughout the day? Oh, I, yeah, I found myself pulling pretty hard for them to find a way into the win column. It, it's great. I, I just enjoy watching the World Cup in general. Like right now, kicking back and watching Australia and Denmark, oh, I'm in. what channel are they on? I've got, I've got Tunisia and France that are just underway. Thankfully, the guy who looked like he would need his leg amputated got up and was able to continue in the game. Do you see that? I, I was telling Toby about the Iranian guy. It was about the midpoint of the second half. Like, literally, the play-by-play guy says, you could hear him scream in pain. And he's just, I mean, he is down. And the American guy's like, all right, dude, he's not calling the penalty. You get get up. It's okay. And he looks like, what? What? Boom, back up. Back up. <laughs> they didn't even uh, bring out a trainer to check on him. That's how that's how bad the acting job was. <laughs> but that's I'm not here. I'm not here to make fun of the that we get plenty of flopping every night in the NBA. I mean, I I don't know if it's quite to the degree that we get in uh in in America's game or in the world's game, but that was fun, man. That was fun. It's really fun whenever whenever you get on on Twitter which is such a caustic and acerbic place that you you get a chance to you get a chance to just everyone be on the same page. It's very much Sharknado esque. Do you remember when Sharknado made its debut? Everybody seemed to be watching it, and everybody was on the same page about the incredible nature of this show, starring the guy from Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and. The uh, the girl from the Big Lebowski, so that was fun. I was I had it up on the laptop. I was trying not to get too animated or or carried away, and it was it was really neat. It's cool to move on to the knockout stage for the third time in the last four World Cups. Of course, the United States didn't participate in the 2018 World Cup in Russia because well they didn't qualify, but it's fun, man. I. Some of the some of my favorite things now are the reaction videos from inside pubs or restaurants or watch parties 
with people that celebrate goals for the Team USA. It's cool. It's cool. I can't now. I'm, I'm just going to be clear with you. I, I feel like honesty is the best. I think it's the best tool in life. I can't really sit here and break it down for you or anything. <laughs> I can't. I've I've got nothing. I've got nothing, Josh Helmer. I don't know what strategy was laid out. I don't know. What is going on with that? See, you can't pull up this Air Comfort Solutions text line when I'm starting the show. I'm sorry. It derailed me a bit. As, what as is well. that? I, I don't know. There's some sort of... Is someone doing a business transaction on our Air Comfort Solutions text line right now? <laughs> Maybe. Can we set a rule? Can we set a rule on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Six to nine, it's Toby and TJ's. Nine to noon, it's Plank and Josh's. And then, well, actually, we got to give TJ a little bit more time, like 9.15 or so. Which this so would this, be in that this window. This would fall in that window. But I feel like there's transactions going on right now on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All of which means that probably it's in our and my best interest to not look at this until yeah. 9.16. Right. That, that might be the best thing to do. But just to be clear, I can't tell you, Josh, what's going on uh, from a strategy perspective. Or I'm not going to sit here and act like an expert and – Drop terms like, man, we just don't possess the ball well. I don't know. I, it just seemed as if late in that game they started getting all the calls. It was, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. And this whole idea that offsides is something that's as subjective as it's become, even with the, the computer that's in it, uh, VAR or whatever, it's all fancy. Still not buying it. Still not buying it. Anti-American, just like the Big 12 officials were anti-OU in Texas so far this season. But it's cool. So Saturday morning uh, early, what, 10 a.m., is that right? Or is that 10 a.m. Eastern time for Team USA? The videos with them going back to the hotel was pretty cool, right? Seeing uh, Polisic, who was already back at the, the hotel after he went to the hospital. Now, the question that was from the knee to the right. That's what led to all these problems for, for our new star, or or was it something else that happened in this match? Good question. Yeah, I I don't know. We need Toby Rowland, soccer expert, because I did not notice any other time like where something happened. It just seemed as if everything kind of was resonating from that knee that he took, <laughs> that knee that he took whenever he went into the goalkeeper, which apparently was so strong it injured his – he's got like a bruised pelvic or there's a pelvis injury that he's dealing with right now. So, yeah. Heck of a goal. That was pretty, wasn't it? You know, the one where they ruled the guy off sides was a beautiful, beautiful shot too. I didn't think he was off sides, but I understand that it's not – it's not a ref, an official that's looking down the line. It's literally a computer program anymore. We all want robots in sports, so there you go. Ooh, I, I did like that. I did like that. The beautiful game has turned a little ugly. Oof. We got to get to that text. All right, you got to put the Air Comfort Solutions text line away, dude. All right, it's going to completely and totally. I don't have it pulled up on my computer, but when it's on your screen, it's like the only thing I can stare at right now. I under understand. Okay, um, let, let's get to some college football. It's 9-11 on the home of Sooner fans. All right, here's what the show looks like. We mentioned yesterday that um, off the top today, we were going to dive into 
the the Brent Venable show and kind of the comments about yes, uh, basically wishing that they might have got the play or not wishing, but just thinking maybe they should got the playbooks to him a little bit earlier this summer, which I thought was. Uh, the, the more I listened to it, the more I kind of realized, oh, his point is a really, really good one. And when fans hear this, they're going to be like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, and I thought that was, I thought that was really even the, if even the if you ever played football guy that checked in yesterday, you would know it's not that big of a deal. Well, when you hear coach talk about it, it, it resonates. And you know, I thought, I thought in all of this from. You know, the last 24 to 48 hours, I was over on campus a lot yesterday, Josh, and I said this to Toby, and, and I mean, I don't I don't think this is breaking news to anyone, and I don't think anyone would be mad about me saying it, but, you know, if everyone's frustrated about 6-6, six and six, there's nobody that's over there high-fiving. Now, there might be some high-fiving uh, in about three weeks from now on signing day, and there might be some things that happen on signing day that even the most ardent recruiting experts – aren't even imagining right now. So there's a lot that's potentially on the burner for Oklahoma in a in a good way. But there is there is a lot of just frustration still from the 26. There is a lot of frustration from Lovick. I know everyone's at six and six. It's not where you want to be. It's not who you want to be. It's not what this program is going to be about. But even with that in mind, I think that there was a lot of frustration over 5148. And what shocked me, and maybe some of you will have the, the, the good, good, is I thought some of it might be, well, I can't believe they missed the field goal. I can't believe they missed the call on the field goal. Absolutely none of it had anything to do with that. Absolutely none. Not a... Zippo, zero, zilt. It was all in execution, um, strategy, play calling, tackling, angles. I, I literally thought I would be able to walk in on, on Saturday, or excuse me, today, telling you, yeah, dude, they, there was this, they're mad, they're upset about that, that missed field goal call, and they felt like it was, nope, wasn't even, it was more frustration over being in that situation, which I think, and also, honestly, Josh, it's kind of what most Sooner fans feel anyway, right? Yeah, I, you you would like the field goal to be reviewable. You feel like feel like it was good based on the angles that we've seen out there. Sure, but you're not comfortable chalking up anything that happened in Lubbock. Yeah, when you get to that point in, in the game, you want the call to be right, but don't let it get to that point in the game when you lead seventeen to nothing and twenty four to six and plenty of the shortcomings along the way that that obviously is going to be what the coaching staff is frustrated most with and trying to fix yeah so I'll, I'll get to that coming up I just wanted to I have to triple stamp a double stamp real quick on that and then we'll we'll move forward uh I didn't have too big of a problem with the rankings last night but here's what I do have a problem with as we segue from the excitement of still talking about Saturday night to last night. I don't I don't think Ohio State should be the team that is right there waiting to to jump at the playoffs. I just don't. And I it, here's here's a really good conversation that was had last night, 
recency bias. If Ohio State and Michigan would have played in week four and did what they did the rest of the season, how different is this conversation right now? Well, then I think everybody's sort of unanimous that if either TCU or USC loses, Ohio State would go. But because it's late in the year, it's fresh on people's mind. Uh, I don't know, man. That defense wasn't great in the second quarter and beyond. C.J. Stroud, not not quite what he was billed to be, at least for one game. Yeah, it's it's front of the mind. Recency bias, right, is the term that we hear quite a bit. Um, I'm I'm guilty of it, I think, a lot. But to me, it would be a completely different story. And I don't think the Big Ten is all that good. I mean, I really don't. I I, I think there's three good teams in this conference outside of those two: Ohio State, and Michigan. Yeah. There's not a whole heck of a lot else. Yeah, I mean, Penn State had a nice run. But here's the other part of it, right? Penn State's getting a lot of glow, but I kind of feel like they've gotten fat on a on a less than challenging slate, which, again, a lot of people feel that way about TCU, but I, I just think this falls into that category where the Big 12, at least this year, doesn't get the respect it deserves. It really doesn't. You know, Texas finished the season 8-4. and four which, based on the way things have gone the last couple of seasons for Texas, pretty good season for them, right? Uh, an Oklahoma team, listen, we don't have to remind everyone at 6-6, six and six, but because it's not Oklahoma and Texas, everyone kind of just dismisses it. Um, TCU's win over Baylor might have taken a last-second field goal to beat them, but Ohio State's win over Maryland wasn't any more impressive. You know, it took a last-second fumble recovery for a touchdown, to make to basically save the game, but no one remembers that because all they remember is Ohio State getting smoked by Michigan and survive in advance is allowed when you're Ohio State and Alabama and and you know maybe to a certain degree the Blue Bloods Oklahoma and Georgia, but it's not allowed when you're TCU. It's not allowed whenever you were Cincinnati. It wasn't allowed whenever you were UCF. You know if you're knocking on that door, Josh, you've got to do it definitively. And if you leave any room for error. Then it gets questioned over and over and over. I'm I'm actually really, really surprised that they didn't solidify the four teams last night the way the Boot Carrington talked about it. Because it seemed as if they were they read Dan Wetzel's column for a while and you're like, Whoa, this is how it's gonna be. Now, in reality, they can't just say it's over, this is for seating. But Well, and I can't imagine ESPN would like them no. to do that either because of <laughs> couple of those, well, the one game for sure. Right. TCU-Kansas State's what, on ABC? Yes, it is. And game day is there. But there was there was one major takeaway at 918 that I came away with last night that changed my perspective. Uh, I went into the latter stages of the season feeling that TCU needed to finish undefeated to make the playoffs. A lot of stuff happened around them, right? Tennessee losing two games. Um. Obviously, not just Ohio State losing, but losing the way that they did. Clemson. Clemson falling off with their loss. So, circumstances around it, uh, surrounding Ohio State kind of helped them. But I got to tell you something, Josh. I'm, uh, I'm starting to think they can do it with a loss. And I'll explain how next. I did a 180. Did a 180 last night. All right, a couple of other topics on the show today that we're definitely going to get to. We mentioned uh, BV on improvements for OU. Number two, the first 
mock draft from Dane Brugler came out, while there isn't an Oklahoma player that he has projected in the first and the handful of second and third round picks that he projects, there is a there is a lot of good nuggets involving at least the very top. We've got the latest on the Odell Beckham Jr. controversy, Kyler Murray versus Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury is becoming a thing in Arizona. And we're, uh, we're counting down to a big weekend of college basketball and a return to the court tonight for the OU women's basketball team. As always, we love to hear from you. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Hit us up old school. Grab that phone and call us at 405-329-9000. We're talking playoff rankings next right here on The Ref. Hold on, hold on. I want to check. So, I use Google Chrome constantly, and every it always switches my search engine to Yahoo for some reason. Now, why is that? I have, I'm sure it's some sort of, I'm sure I've got some sort of virus. Yeah, it's, <laughs> something's going on because... I can't imagine Google Chrome would want to switch your search engine to Yahoo. Not not just, you know, every like literally constantly. Does O'Connell's not open until four o'clock? <laughs> or is this part of my problem here? I was trying to I was trying to take someone to lunch today and I was gonna take him to O'Connell's. I'm just dumb. I yeah, need to double check. Of, I think a lot of times they open in the evening now. Oh. Oh. Oh no. Pastor Mike, we need to move our meeting today. <laughs> You might call over there, though. I'll call over there and double-check. All right. Hey, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Appreciate you spending your, what is today? Wednesday. Wednesday with us. Did you have... Final day of November. Did you have any problem with anything in the 14 playoff rankings last night? I don't know how you could. Feels like it's pretty straightforward. Unless you're in the mindset of... Still think Ohio State should be four. Right. Right? I mean, you could have that debate, but I don't know that anybody, for the most part, outside of Buckeye land feels that way. And even some of Buckeye land probably doesn't feel that way after losing to Michigan. So, felt like it was pretty straightforward, which this whole year has been kind of kind of linear, kind of easy, straightforward, simple. Yeah. What did we say last week? It's too easy to not get screwed up. It's it's too easy for the college football playoff committee to just look at it and say, oh, yeah, this is how it should go. I mean, there's there's going to be some sort of way, shape, or form in which it gets botched. And, you know, at least they didn't do it. Uh, did <laughs> The one funny thing to me, and again, I'm not trying to watch this to have gotcha moments, though I, I feel like that poor Boo Carrington falls into them constantly. But last night, last night, Boo Carrington said one thing during the teleconference and then said something completely different when, or excuse me, during the TV show and then had to correct himself and said something completely different during the teleconference. I just. I wish they'd let more than one person talk. I wish that and, and I and listen, I understand why they do it. I really do. And this has been this was the same show we did last Wednesday after the rankings and the Wednesday before that after the rankings. Just let let others represent their thoughts too. We completely and totally get it. It's not going to be a situation, Josh, where every single person is on the same page. 
it is kind of cool. It is kind of cool to see that there was a little bit of a of a of a battle whenever it came to number one. That there was some thought that Michigan should be there. Um, the confusion, by the way, oh yeah, I guess I probably should lay that out. The confusion, what Boo Carrington, the committee chair, said on TV that he backtracked on uh, whenever he got on the teleconference was basically he said that Ohio State and Alabama aren't necessarily locked into their spots. And I guess I guess that in my world, that's kind of interesting to see, right? I, what could they do that wouldn't lock them into their spots? I guess that's what's I guess that's what my I think it's fine if you're like, yeah, they're kind of locked into their spots. One's five and one's six. Well, you know, what's going to change your opinion about it between now and next week? I, I guess I had no problem when he said that. I wasn't even. It was like oh, that makes some sense because you've you've decided on their body of work that Ohio State is five and Michigan. Excuse me, Alabama is six. Good. I mean, I I don't understand what could change if Michigan plays close with Purdue. Do you think less of Ohio State? I mean, if Georgia blows out LSU, do you think less of Alabama? I mean, what? I I guess I don't know. How so little could truly matter. Those two teams are getting a buy heading into this weekend. But I don't know, Josh. I didn't have a problem with that. It seems difficult to one final week because of conference championship week let the comparative scoring impact either Ohio State or Alabama or anybody that's not playing on conference championship weekend in this top 25 rankings. How this one week's result when you've got a full season's body of work, yeah, how that could impact it that much. And especially for Ohio State and Alabama, man, it'd be one thing if we were talking about one loss Alabama too, which probably if we're talking about one loss Alabama, they wouldn't be sitting at number six. Right. But that's neither here nor there. You've got a pretty easy distinction to be made between the two. One team's lost once to the team that you rank number two. The other team's lost twice. I mean, I guess – I don't I don't know unless unless the theory is that some teams can move up. I mean I complete but what what good is it to finish sixth ahead of them? I mean Kansas State would be Kansas State and Utah are the only two teams that are in the top ten, well in Utah is eleven, that are actually playing outside of the four teams that are in. So I mean I don't see any reason why in this order Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, and Clemson would remain in that order unless Kansas State beats TCU and can slide in there or Utah beats USC and can slide in that mix. Like, I mean, everyone was just, did he just say they're locked into their spots? Yeah, they don't play this weekend. They should be locked into their spots. So I don't understand how – now, I, again, the other side of this is when they say locked into their spots, maybe some people could take it that they can't move up. Right, that neither nor neither Ohio State nor Alabama could move up. Right, if USC loses, then they can move up. But I didn't. I mean, I didn't take it that way. I just I took it as Ohio State is locked, ranked ahead of Alabama, which You're is how right. it should be locked, locked in relation to one another. So, do you want to? I I wanted to get to it this segment, but I didn't realize I'd get so caught up in the locked in conversation, which you can hear right here on the ref. Is it, it's locked in, not locked out, right? Locked in, locked in. 
Locked with, in with McComas and Thune. Yeah, Parker's going to be on fire the next few days. There is a lot going on in the recruiting trail. I'm telling you guys right now, Brent Venable's schedule this weekend is jaw-droppingly awesome. Jaw-droppingly awesome. So you're saying that he's <sighs> trying to finish this 23 class with some fireworks? Bro, there is. And I don't know if it's just fireworks, Josh, but making sure you're you're hammering down some things. ABC always be cruiting. So it's just – it's amazing. It's amazing what my man has committed himself to, and it's got me fired up. Always be cruiting. Always be – ABC always be cruiting. So, anyway, I came away from last night, though, feeling that TCU has a chance to make it even as a one-loss team. And I don't think it has to be that – difficult of a scenario and I think everyone's like well if if USC it it takes USC to lose I don't know I don't necessarily know if that's the case um TCU would have still beaten every team on its schedule and as long as they don't lose by like 30 I I still I'm still of the opinion that it's uh it's an okay situation to where they could still make it so I'll play the audio when we come back. But I'm laughing right now. I'm watching the highlights of the Golden State-Dallas game from last night. Yeah, quick NBA segment in the midst of this college football playoff ranking talk. But everyone on my time was like, man, I can't believe they called a travel on Steph Curry. Steph, Okay, his shot got blocked and was like five feet short. So, yeah, I just realized how bad that shot was. It's like, oh, the, where's the travel on this? You're calling a travel on this? And literally the shot was like a complete and total air ball. Now some might say the whistle blew and they all quit. Like Isaiah Coe or who was it? Josh Ellison blocking a field goal or Jalen Redmond. But yeah, no. Come on. Luke had 40 last night, man. 41. It's going to be one heck of an, M- an MVP battle between Shea Gilgis Alexander and Luka Doncic. Can't wait. Yeah, but poor Golden State. They didn't get a call. Oh my gosh! Stop it. Kevin Durant was saying some nice things about Shea. The oh, other was day. he? Oh, well, now Oklahoma City Thunder fans are going to turn on Shea if KD. You know what? It is kind of funny though. KD can now say something and not everyone lose their mind, which I kind of appreciate. Maybe they've seen the level of crazy that Kyrie Irving is, and they're like, you know what? KD's not too bad. <laughs> He's an okay guy. All right, let's hit the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Boop Carrington post ratings. From last night, we got high school football playoffs. Do we have any on our – all of our teams are out, right? We Yeah, all of the teams we broadcast for, unfortunately, nah. have been eliminated. You know who's still alive, don't you? You know who's still alive? Washington. The mighty Washington Warriors. You'll bring it on, Jones. I think we're playing Jones. Friday night. I'm actually going to the game. Did I tell you the horrific mistake I made whenever it came to planning to go to the game on Friday night? Um – I saw Putnam City, and for some reason, my mind saw Ponca City. And I literally could not figure out why they were having both schools travel two hours and 30 minutes to play a football game <laughs> when they're right. There was a part of me that was like, well, that kind of makes sense. You know, it's a typical just things that don't make sense make sense. But yeah, no, no. Putnam. We're playing in Putnam City on Friday night. Should be good. All right. M- much better than Ponca. I was going to tell you what, there would be some road trips on that one. All right, quick break. When we come back, the uh, kind of possibilities of TCU making it as a one-loss team, and we'll hit the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line to kick this show off next. All right, 
I will say one thing kind of weird about the college football playoff uh, post-show press conference is Bill Hancock is always on the call, but no one ever asks him a question. And I don't know if they're allowed to, so I don't. I, I've listened to the whole thing. I don't know if there was a super secret meeting between the Capital J journos before I jumped on there, but I mean, literally, he he. I don't know what he's doing there. I would be like, hey, can I ask? Can I ask Bill Hancock a question? Are we going to get to twelve teams soon or not? What's going on here? And why are you letting the Rose Bowl basically hold everyone at bay? Can you please pass the phone to Bill Hancock, please? <laughs> hey, Bill, why are why is the Rose Bowl so pretentious? Still, my biggest frustration is that in today's society, with modern technology, we're still using a speakerphone in order to get Boo Carrington on the line. Literally, a speakerphone. All right. Um, I mentioned I thought TCU. Now, after listening to what I listened to last night, and having a lot of things happen around us. By the way, the app is back working. I told TJ that it's probably the most reassuring time whenever anything's gone down to see the reaction on the Air Comfort Solutions test. There's a lot of people that were concerned, so thank you. I I actually, you know, there's been many, many moons ago where something might happen, and uh, the response is probably good. I don't have to listen to that guy. But uh, today, you you guys made this old man feel better. Anyway, app's back up and working. Thank you for your patience. Uh, TJ was trying to sabotage the whole station after basically putting his job in jeopardy this morning. So it would seem to be yes. right. He was trying to make sure he was trying to bulk the tape and in the process unplug the whole app. So what did he do to put his uh, employment in jeopardy? He left a letter out in play clock, and so I'll allow you to use your imagination as to what letter in the final part of that conversation was left out, but. I didn't even notice it, to be honest, until he went back and corrected himself, and it was like, oh. (laughs) Listen, you're talking to a guy that basically dropped an F-bomb on national radio whenever he was trying to say, fun suckers. So I think we're all okay as long as we don't dwell on it. (laughs) Just got to move on. Just got to move on. All right. I was of the firm belief that TCU was out, out, Josh Helmer, if they lost a game. I don't know if I feel a little different. Let me rephrase that. I don't know if that's necessarily... Um, incorrect but I also wonder if there is a door with the chaos that has happened around that has opened back up for the potential of of TC to make it as one lost team here's what Boo Carrington had to say during the press conference last night about TCU this dude asked like an eight minute question he goes hey a a two-parter what about TCU then the second part in the Logistics of everything that goes into the bottom line of the ranking. Poor Boo Carrington because I, I don't remember your first question. So here's kind of the synopsis on TCU. As we looked at TCU, you know, we have them as a number three team um, in the country, 12 and 0, uh, 6 and 0 against teams, uh, 500 or better. You know, some real quality wins um, that they have, and they continue to win games. You know, they continue to find ways to win games. Their defense has gotten stronger and stronger. And, and really where we are is this week. Where, where do we have them this week? And we have them clearly at number three um, this week. As for the, the, the second question. Yeah, it's still, you don't have to get. And, and here's what stinks is that's all you really get on TCU. But 
For me, it's more the chaos around them and not really anything we got from Boo last night. Boo, hey, thanks for your time. Have you watched TCU play? <laughs> Can you offer any sort of intelligent conversation about TCU? Yeah. Um, the second question they had had, uh, had to do with nine and eight conference games. And I'm like, <sighs> I guess some people are mad about the jump that Utah made when Washington did not. I guess there that was quite the frustration last night and this was pretty good I got I this is horrible editing on my part and I apologize but I'll, let's see because they asked a lot about the Washington situation I want to see hold on Ooh, good evening um I want to go back to Utah and I'll uh, see that literally was like the nonstop question last night was about Utah so oh Jesus and Tennessee uh, they go. are one spot apart um uh, Tennessee beat them head to head, and uh, uh, and usually that's supposed to be a, a, one of the determining factors. Is Alabama ahead of Tennessee because Tennessee's the magnitude of Tennessee's loss to South Carolina and losing its quarterback Hendon Hooker? And is there anything that could change that evaluation in the final standings? That, that by the way, as Tennessee as that question was, is a fantastic question. I mean, it really, truly is because it gives you an idea of how the committee is thinking. Here's, here, all right, gives you, I guess, at least a question to get a glimpse into the way that the committee is thinking. Well, it, it, uh, one, it was very much debated uh, amongst the committee and, and a lot of conversation around that. And the value of head to head is certainly one of the criteria that we look at. We're looking at a full body of work. And when you look at the two losses by Alabama, um, including one on the uh, last second field goal to Tennessee, and then you're, you're measuring somewhere in there. you got to measure the, the loss that Tennessee had to South Carolina. And, and as we went through that, that, that was part of the determination as to why to have Alabama ahead of Tennessee. Good follow-up here. And could that change in the final? Could it, could it change? We, we, we deal with where we are right now. And, and, you know, there's, there's a number of championship games to be played, and we'll uh, deal with the championship games and everything from that point moving forward. Boo, they don't either one play in a championship game this week, so <laughs> why would why would they move? If there is one thing that we all can agree upon, neither Alabama nor Tennessee are playing <laughs> this weekend. If there is anything every single person in that room can agree upon, Neither one of those teams are playing. So what in the world are you evaluating during that process? I guess every data point matters. And truly, if if maybe a Georgia destroys LSU, that should look a little bit less impressive for an Alabama, seeing that they lost to them. If Michigan is if Michigan is in a tight game with Purdue, does that make you think less of Ohio's? I mean, I just we're really getting into subjective matters. So I was a little bit perplexed by that last night. The committee here kind of is fortunate with Alabama and Tennessee. If Tennessee loses close to South Carolina, all of a sudden it's much more difficult. But instead it was a resounding defeat. Hate to see anybody get hurt, but the Hinton Hooker element to it, again, makes it easier to distinguish between those two than it would have been otherwise. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, not that that's necessarily deciding a college football playoff spot, but in the land of controversy, there's just not a ton 
that I think you can really find with these top 25 rankings really all year long. Yeah, absolutely. All right, um, 948, Air Comfort Solutions text line is next. I Maybe I've buried the lead here. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU 3, USC 4, followed by Ohio State, who got the nod at 5, and Alabama at 6. All right, when we come back, text plus BV's take on things he would want to change right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Okay, so a couple of soccer points. Uh, I heard the – this is from the 715. I heard the Iranian players and families are in trouble with the government for losing that game. No, they're in trouble – well, I'm sure they might be, but they were in trouble for not singing the national anthem. That's That's where everyone kind of freaked out. And did you see the video they got – circulated last night when the Iranian or excuse me Iranian national anthem was being played oh my gosh man whenever there's some of you that spend your free time complaining about America complaining about the mighty US of A yeah I, I had one of my buddies on Sunday night say something and I and I only protect his name so he doesn't have to feel like he's associated with me he's much cooler than I am he said, man, I'm thankful for the problems we have. And I just, that resonated with me. Some of ours are a little bit deeper, but what you see in, in foreign countries, brah, we should be grateful. And that was that was eerie when you saw them, when you saw them all singing the anthem, or at least just mouthing it. Um, <laughs> some, this is pretty funny. Some gave all, all gave some. Did you hear the Mexican, uh, the uh, Hispanic call? Or actually, the Spanish broadcast call. No, was it pretty awesome? All right, it's uh, it's everything that you would hope that it would be. Let me make sure I get the the right one here. Dude, I'm a little concerned he might like faint in the booth. Uh, here was the here was the other the other call. Is- Rezaon back inside. The U.S. players are gassed. Iranians are up. It comes into the box. It oh wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the final call. Here's wait. Is that? No, no. Here it is. Sorry. Justin McKinney. Des making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des into the middle. Pull it It's Captain America to the rescue for the United States. And he runs right into the goalkeeper at the end of this, but lays it all on the line for his team and for his country and gets his moment. All right, everybody, drink your drink your beers for the last eight years. We did get our, our drinking game Captain America reference. Oh, yay. Hey, uh, I got to say, I-, I was a little critical of the goal versus Wales. That, my friend, was a heck of a TV call. Yeah, it really was. It really was. They they they're doing a really good job. 
on the TV side. Oh, no doubt. Just trying to listen to the radio broadcast whenever it's a TV call is very, it's very, very painful. The simulcast of it? Yeah, absolutely. And then one more real quick. We've got like a minute left here. The beautiful game has turned a little ugly the last 20 years. The flopping and acting was not like that before the 2000s and has taken away from the game of soccer. Agreed. Though I can't pretend like I watched a lot of (laughs) soccer. Before the World Cup, uh, before 2000. I mean, I watched the when the World Cup was here. I think that was about it. By the way, 2026, America for the World Cup. Let's go, Netherlands. Bring it. Um, do you are you now? Whenever we're looking at World Cup venues in 2026 for FIFA, do you think that by that point the soccer fields here will be done, or there'll still be dirt and tractors out there? And could we possibly make this a site for World Cup practice? I'd be calm down, soccer fans. Calm down, people that are working on that project over off Robinson Street. I get it; it's taken a while, but it's a Griffith Park over there that's just been dismantled. I think we'll have we could be close to finished. It's like highway construction. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, BV and that quote that's kind of resonated from his coach's show on Monday night. 